Hello, cacao and plant magic lovers. This is Princess of Maya Cacao Magic, and welcome to another episode of Cacao Creativity and Magic. We created this podcast to share and explore the benefits of cacao and other plant medicines as tools for creativity and healing. In this episode, we chatted with Tabita Hamlang. Tabita is a yoga teacher and a Reiki practitioner. Her sole work is to create a space of remembering. At the start of our conversation, Tabita shared with us her daily mindful practices such as meditation, sitting in silence, and the importance of not living in a fear mindset. We also delved into other yoga practices such as mantras, bhakti yoga and yoga nidra, tools that have helped her in her practice and her clients who are also going through their own healing journey. Towards the end of this episode, Tabita led us through a short and sweet guided meditation it was such a healing and grounding time together with her. We hope that you will also feel the love and the energy that she shared with us during our time together. And so here it is. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I said like your name is Tabitha and I would really love to know where your name is. Um, came from because mine is so obvious right it's princess <laughs> and every time I share it to my friends like oh I'm having Tabitha next week on my Instagram live they'd be like is she Indian or like where is she from so I get that a lot <laughs> <laughs> even when I order like through grab they're like oh I thought it was like a foreigner but anyway thank you so much and I want to say thank you to my parents for naming me <laughs> um <laughs> So my name actually came from the Bible. Um, she's one of the disciples, and her story is a very short one in the Bible. It's like it's like this long. Um, she made she made clothes for the poor. That was her sort of service, and. Um, sorry. You, I thought you were hanging. I thought I was hanging. Um, so here, she I'm passed. Okay, mom. sorry. <laughs> so in the story, she passed away, and the people were very sad. The community was very sad, and so one of the disciples were called. I honestly don't even remember who anymore. I'm not sure if it was Paul or Peter, um, but they were called to to go to her, and she was raised from the dead, and. I thought that was like, well, unfortunately, that's where the story ended. And honestly, I don't really know what happened to her after. But I thought that was a beautiful story. And um, and one that really resonated with me um, early in my life, because I think like even as a, as, a, as a kid, you know, like my life has already been in service. Did she freeze or... I'm here. I think I, I, I think I lost you um, right at the point where you said one thing that really resonated with you is. <laughs> yeah, so I was saying that it resonated with me because um, very young, like at the start of my life or like when I was already like um, starting to give service to people, um, that was like something I really wanted to to do I wanted to be of service and um, even when I was like 13 or 12 and so yeah that started very young <laughs> in church yeah, <laughs> yeah. so beautiful uh, well thanks for sharing the the background story of your name but um Thank you. At the, you know, okay. this is what I'll do. I'm going to connect to another Wi-Fi. Um, stay with us, and I'll see if yeah. it's better for both of us. All Hold right, on. So I'll stay here.
Um, uh, technology. Hmm. How are you guys doing, by the way, this Wednesday? Isn't that cool? If you guys heard um, Tabita's story about where her name came from, I think that's really beautiful that it's from service because um, yoga is also about service, you know, like not just service to the self, but also to others and to the divine, you know, it's, it's, it's really beautiful. So I'm having a bit of a response. Let's see if we can get her back. Hi, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Yay! Great. Okay, let's let's see if this is a better connection. Yeah, so I think somebody said, kind of unique name. And then Jenso said, I love her name. Oh, thank you. Cool. I always thank my parents. Okay. Thank you, parents. <laughs> so, Tab, <laughs> tell us more about um, your story and how did you, like, get into yoga like how did you start did you start with um the practice first or did you because some people like they started practicing yoga for years and then they decide to do their teacher's training and then they they teach but for others they just do their training and then they teach or they don't what, what about you how, how did you find yoga yeah i think i started like most people um with the physical the physical aspect of yoga um just through youtube you know i would go to yoga with adrian and um yoga by candace and it was just another way for me to move because movement is such a huge part of my life um and i practiced home yoga because i thought studio prices were so expensive um so i practiced at home and that honestly really helped me in in my personal practice like um that's where i learned how to do inversions and really got deeper in my in my even arm balances it's all like through youtube um thank goodness i didn't really get injured or anything from that but um so yeah i was practicing on and off since i would say 2000 i don't know 2014 um and then i got really curious about the philosophy of yoga. Um, I, I was very curious about why do people get into yoga and they don't seem to quit from it. You know, like you don't hear anyone say, ah, I quit yoga. <laughs> um, so I was very curious about that. Like, what is it about yoga that made people want to stay? And what is it that allowed people to, to dive deeper in their practice? Yeah. So, um, and so that led me to being curious about the different yogis, like Yogananda. I saw his um, feature on Netflix called Awakened, and I thought that it was such a beautiful story, very mystic. Um, and that was also something that I was diving into um, during that time. And I would say that was about 2000. 16 um right when i got married um and so you know i was slowly learning about these yogis i was slowly learning about intuition learning a little bit about astrology just kind of like dipping my toes into all these little little things and um and then i got called to do a retreat my first ever <laughs> retreat yeah. um in in Belair with a friend um, and I was so sad because you know like as much as I love teaching people I also thought like shoot like I wish I could teach the yoga asanas you know like I know it by heart I know the cues um, but you know I wanted to also gain people's trust trust through the retreats and um, I needed to get a certified teacher for it certifications <laughs> right um, so um, after that retreat that retreat was so it was like the it opened up things for me because we had this little exercise where and it's like a manifesting exercise so it's like
together or we're in different <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Woo! This internet is uh, <laughs> it's a lot of energy. <laughs> um, so where was I before I froze? Um, you were invited to the retreat and then you said you wish you could teach asanas and then I think, yeah. Yeah, so um, we actually led the retreat. And one of the, the exercises in the retreat was a manifesting exercise. Mm -hmm. um, so you had a partner and the exercise was you talking to your partner and talking as if whatever you wanted to be manifested already happened. So it's like an example would be, oh my gosh, princess. How are you doing? It's so nice to see you again. Um, it's so lovely to see how many people you've reached through Maya Cacao Magic and how many people you've touched. And oh my gosh, you're, you're going global, you know, and you're going around the world talking about the, the magic of cacao. So that, that was the exercise. And so um, my friend talked to me as if like, oh my gosh, Tabitha, welcome back from India. Uh, it's so nice to see you like teaching yoga. I hope your your trip was great. And after after that workshop, it really made me sad actually, <laughs> because Why? I know because I know that you know yoga teacher training is expensive. And I was I just got married, and I didn't want to burden my family from you know finding that budget to fly to India, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so financially, it just wasn't like an option for me. Um, and then a f my friend told me how it was actually possible to, you know, ask for energy exchanges in schools. And she was, I was doing photography a lot during that time. So she said, like, mm -hmm. why don't you offer your photography or your videography skills um, yeah. in exchange for the training? And I'm like, Bing! Okay, yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and, you know, my, my frequency was so high. I was really, like, vibing from yeah. that trip that I figured I might as well ride this, this vibration and this frequency and start emailing schools. Um, so I, email, I emailed schools in India. I emailed schools in Bali. And um, three schools replied to me, and there was one that really resonated with me. And he said to me, and this was so cosmic, he said to me, I was just literally thinking about, you know, looking for someone to help us with social media content, with our website, updating our photos. And then your email came in, and I'm like, what? Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so it was literally like the universe telling me that this is it. Like if this is what you want, if this is what your soul and your heart really wants, then we'll give it to you. Um, and so what, another beautiful thing about it was, you know, it's like, oh my God, this is, this is for real. You know, and I was telling my husband and I thought, and I, I thought that my husband, you know, wasn't really taking it too seriously. Like, yeah, okay, you're going to go to India. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> until until everything kind of like it's like the universe orchestrated my teacher training um by by really showing how fully supported i am in it so i got um a hundred percent energy exchange um wow. so that that meant my my training was paid for my my accommodations were paid for food was paid for um and and they also invited me to stay for another month. So my first month would be to help work with the school. And my second month would just be to focus on my teacher training. And I thought that was very considerate of them <laughs> to, to even think that. So I spent two months there. Um, and it was whew, pretty mind-blowing. Yeah. I mean, aside from... You know, aside from the asanas and getting stronger and really deepening my asana practice, what really resonated with me were the philosophy classes. <laughs> philosophy, yeah. 
meditation, mantra classes, those really like opened up the door for a more spiritual yoga practice. And so like after after my teacher training, I was just so excited to share all this knowledge to people that I knew, you know, like aside mm-hmm. from just the, the asana practice, I was excited to share the effects of like meditation and even like yoga nidra. That was the first time I was ever introduced to yoga nidra. And what's mm-hmm. funny about the school is that they don't even explain what it is. You know, it's like you're just there, experience it and then see how it feels for you you know because most of the time we learn about things and it's all information it's all just like here in the in the mind um and what i love about what i love about it is it's really it's everything is embodied you know it's all embodied experiences um and so so there that's where like my whole teaching quote unquote career I suppose started <laughs> I don't even want to call it that but uh, yeah. I, for the lack of a, of a better term yeah oh, that's beautiful and it's it's really I, I think these things these you know like synchronicities happen when you are I don't know because there's so many experiences before you actually thought of your training right and then just before you, you know, decide and when you're doing it, it's like everything is just, it falls into place. Things make sense. And, and either, you know, some things don't happen because you're supposed to be here. And then when you're, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's so magical. It's, and, and like hearing your story, it's so beautiful, right? Like from your, you know, creative work and then like having that energy exchange and just really going for it and not thinking of what, you know, like the things that you thought would stop you, like, you know, finance, financially and yeah, I mean, yoga <laughs> yeah, I is <laughs> just, yeah, okay, <laughs> it's so beautiful. So what is for you having all these experiences and maybe, you know, these awakenings, quote unquote, what is awakening anyway? Um, what is yoga for you? So the definition really changes and evolves for me. <laughs> um, but I think at this, at this very point in my life, yoga is freedom it's freedom in my movements being able to move in ways that i desire um it's freedom from thoughts so just being so completely immersed in the present moment and also like freedom from which i am currently more consciously practicing freedom from attachments and whatever whatever that comes for me, you know, like attachment from past experiences, attachment from specific situations that, you know, I seem to have dragged with me um, throughout the years, um, attachment from even, you know, people that I meet. Um, because like once you cr- start to create like an opinion about a person, then you've already like entangled yourself in this per- with this person. You know, you've already created that very small attachment. So, ooh, it's quite a practice. Um, but I think you know, that's what we all yearn for. I mean, we we really yearn for 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 freedom and liberation. And gosh, what does that even feel like to be so completely liberated? And it's it's a process. I'm not saying you know I'm there, but. Um, it's really something that I enjoy, I've been enjoying experiencing, like these little bits of, of liberation and, and hopefully from, you know, the whole cycle of um, death and staying in death and rebirth and then learning from that experiencing, stepping out of that experience and also detaching myself from that experience, I'm able to share it 
to those who are um, currently in that place. So it's just like, you know, going through all these cycles and then helping those along the way. <laughs> so yeah, it's been, it's been quite a journey. Yeah, that's, you, you'll never know who, you know, like cause sometimes we think we're doing a small thing, right? Like the work is not really needed or it doesn't matter, but and at some point someone will like, you know, will resonate and it's like, it's helped them so much, like what you shared or like your experience and just sharing it. But okay, liberation. What does that mean? Or how are you like practicing that within, I mean, since the beginning of the pandemic? <laughs> because mm. what liberation are we talking about? I mean, in a physical, you know, like level, right? It's like, I want to go out. I want to travel. You know, I want to do, we want to do so much. And then the plants, and I, I know you, you mentioned like not being attached, but then, how much can you liberate yourself when everything else is just closing up on you? Yeah, that's such that's such a beautiful and challenging question, to be honest. And all I can say is, you know, what what I'm currently experiencing and some people may or may not agree with with, you know, how I'm currently liberating myself. Um, but I suppose, you know, the thing is it's really how you perceive the world through your personal lens. So some people might think that, you know, because of the pandemic, that they are stuck. They are stuck at home, um, stuck in their rooms, um, maybe unfortunately stuck in their, their, um, in their minds as well because, you know, they can't go out. Um, but the way I see it is, you know, when you allow fear to control you, it's such a sacral, I mean, we're going to talk about energy points here, but fear is so, so sacral, you know, it's like, it's your <laughs> fight or flight. It's also like the way you protect yourself. Um, it's also about immunity. So anyway, um, without going too, um, too far into that, yeah so <laughs> so just talking about you know the sacral chakra it, it really is about like fear how you protect yourself right um and when you talk about energy and vibration fear is one of, is if not the lowest um vibrational frequency and so it's just kind of like stepping out, stepping out of that situation and see how, how does fear currently control you? Um, how is fear currently allowing you to not step out of like your home, you know? How is fear affecting your, your mind? And are you feeding that fear? So it's all, it's all energy. So for me, the way I protect my personal energy and the way I um, kind of like protect myself from that fear um, in my energy field is to not watch the news, yeah. um, to not watch too much of it. I, very, I consume very little of it. I think it's important to be updated, but not to be too immersed in it. Um, that's another form of, of detachment. Um, and also, when I don't feed myself with, with these things that are feeding the fear, then I actually feel more free. <laughs> um, and at the same time, it's also trusting, trusting myself and trusting my body. So because I know that my body is healthy, I know that um, I know that the cells in my body are alive and are there to, to take care of me, then I'm even more confident to, to step out and go out. And to be completely honest, my, my husband and I were, were talking about like, 
it's so interesting how we I feel like we've traveled more <laughs> during the pandemic than we have <laughs> like we you know we we don't stop ourselves from going out of town because gosh I mean that's okay one thing is isolation isolation is such a huge thing not just for us physically like if we if we keep our bodies away from nature then how does the body receive all this information the dirt the air the the fresh oxygen you know mm-hmm. um at the same time isolation is also a huge a huge part in in mental health like not being able to talk to people so it's also for me asking myself what my priority is and i know that we're all prioritizing our health and for me that's what health is <laughs> health yeah. is you know being able to to go out there being able to touch and hug and you know like commune with people and like i said maybe people won't agree with that maybe people will choose to to stay at home of course for their own reasons um but i think we're very we're very privileged to be able to step out and um not live in a a fear fear mindset so i think that's just um if there's anything that you you want to take away from it it's really just more of like are you living in fear and are you feeding that fear and then okay if you want to not live in fear how do we how do we then do it and i think it it starts with understanding that you know fear and love they can't coexist and it's one of the mm, one of the biggest like um teachings that that i learned in the course in miracles so fear is a low vibration and love mm-hmm. is the highest vibration and so mm-hmm. like what what spectrum are you choosing mm-hmm. um and so for me and and my family and my husband we choose love and it's not i don't know if it's an easy choice for some um but it's definitely a process of understanding that and learning that and just seeing how that feels for you seeing how your body also reacts because our body gives us feedback we get the most feedback from our body so um i've i've been there <laughs> i've been in that very low vibrational frequency and it's not great you know it doesn't feel it doesn't feel good um it feels it feels like i can't even move like i'm paralyzed um <laughs> and so you know it it also starts with awareness once you get that feedback from your body then okay it's it's making that choice creating that choice to choose love instead of fear mm-hmm. um and so i hope i really hope that you know people start to to just practice that even even at home um whatever that practice is for you and it doesn't have to be yoga <laughs> yeah i'm feeling this so much you know what you just said and lucky for us that we just go out and do whatever we want and the next thing you know we're on the other side of the city or we took a plane already and you're in an island like even though in the middle of the pandemic but the ones who i mean yes we can say that you know don't feed the fear but there are so when the pandemic started i knew or i felt that they would do their like they said one month right and i was happy and so i took a sabbatical and said yeah i'll see you later after the one month but then it was never one month it's still not and and when i realized that they did this who are they princess <laughs> this is that they, okay i'm just going to say they did this fine they did this so that we will be or people will be comfortable fearful enough and comfortable enough to just be at home and not go out and true enough i'm i'm seeing this with my friends they're like so comfortable they don't want to leave they'll just say i'll just send you food or you know we'll just do a zoom chat or whatever but like they're so comfortable of not leaving the house anymore and it's like what well, i want to see you you know i want to hug you 
But I also know that it's difficult to get out of that fear. Like you said, you know, the body is experiencing everything. And sometimes it's so painful or like, you know, the fight or flight or freeze, right? And so as a somatic, you know, um, practitioner or yoga teacher, what's your advice on like people who are not even like consciously, but like they're just stuck there, you know, like there's nothing wrong with me. I am safe here. I don't need to go out. You know, I'm not fearful, but I'm okay here. But then there are like deep down, we know that there are some, you know, like pains there that's happening or still like fear, but they're in denial. And also there's a knowing that they want to get out of there. Like what is a good practice to start with to be able to take, you know, a small step, you know, out of that fear, or out of that freeze, mm. you know, like. Yeah. Space. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I also want to say that I really honor people's decisions and people will have their personal reasons of how and why they they act and um, live a particular lifestyle especially at this time so um, always honoring that um, whatever whatever you choose to do right um, but for those who have that awareness already I think it's important first of all is to bring the awareness in so if you are already aware and you feel like there's something that you need to do, but you don't necessarily know what to do. Um, and yeah, it really is. I think um, first thing that comes to mind for me is, okay, what are you currently feeding yourself with? What are you consuming? I think awareness comes in, in terms of being aware of, what you are absorbing, what information you're absorbing, not just what you eat, but what you watch, what you hear, what you scroll on. Um, where does your energy go? Let's just start with like your day, you know, like how does your day start? Um, and how many hours in a day do you spend time watching the news looking through Facebook and looking at other people's opinions on specific issues. Um, how much time do you spend um, just sitting in silence, <laughs> really? Um, and so once the awareness is there, then you can slowly, for me, it's like, I love the process of elimination. And that's something I've been doing um, personally, uh, for my mental health, you know, so eliminating the things that that no longer or that where your energy goes and you feel like it's just it just drains you of your energy. Um, and, you know, it's not easy because these things are created for addiction. <laughs> these things are created for you to stay longer. <laughs> so. Um, so whether it's limiting your time on social media, um, limiting watching the news and taking a few moments to just sit with yourself and also noticing how the body and how the mind reacts when you sit in silence, like does the mind like panic? <laughs> does it want to, you know, rush and grab your phone? Um, all different things that you can be aware of. So awareness is key, right? Um, personal things that I have been practicing is to, yeah, I don't watch the news. Um, I recently deleted Facebook. <laughs> I, I, I recently deactivated Facebook actually for like a few months. And wow, how refreshing. <laughs> Yeah. It's so refreshing. It really is. I felt like, you know, my energy has been put somewhere else to good use, something that will nourish me. Um, and also taking things slow, taking things slow. So we are talking about, you know, cacao and cacao is a huge morning ritual for me. I try to wake up earlier than my dogs and my husband. <laughs> 
and just really take that time for myself. Like, when was the last time we slowed down? When was the last time we allowed ourselves to sit down, look out the window, and just like observe? Even as you hold your cup, like when was the last time? <laughs> so usually, um, usually when we drink a cup of tea or coffee, we just kind of like chug it, you know. When was the last time you actually held that warm cup in your hands and feel that warmth and mm-hmm. smell it, and you know, really take your time in absorbing, absorbing all the senses, like letting all the senses be more alive now. And even in like sipping that cup, you know, like thanking, thanking Mother Nature for for giving you this beautiful medicine. And as you sip it, really allowing yourself to feel the nourishment coming in, the nourishment in your body. Yeah. So maybe ask yourself, when was the last time you just sat in silence without other without other things with other stimulations you know and maybe it'll maybe it can start there yeah, that's beautiful it's phones man and you know social media you, you wake up and like the next thing you know you've already spent two hours <laughs> and it's so different because i some days i do that and then there are some days when I sit with, you know, with myself or with a cup of cacao or tea. And it's so different, you know, it's just like you, like what you said, you just eliminate the things that are not good for your soul. <laughs> and you can focus your energy on things that, um, you know, nourish you and would help you, you know, have a, if you can say a productive day, right? Or Yeah. Even because some people think that having a slow practice, a slow lifestyle is not productive. Like it's actually not, you know, doing it too fast can be counterproductive, but being like, you know, aware and being slow about things can even help you be more productive. I think we have a question. Ooh, can we ask? And at the same time, be mindful, conscious of the now. Ali is asking. Sorry, can you repeat that? Uh, can we multitask and at the same time be mindful or conscious of the now? What an interesting question. Yeah, I did hear you. Um, I guess it depends what mul- you're multitasking. <laughs> um, if being conscious and being present in the now is a practice for you to be completely immersed in each little thing. And as you do each little thing, you switch to another thing (laughs) and you can be conscious in that thing, then maybe. I mean, I I haven't personally tried it. Um, For me, multitasking is such a skill. but at the same time, it also it also creates um, like a separation in, in terms of my attention. So if you can be fully attentive and fully aware of what you're doing while you're doing all those other things, then maybe, yeah, why don't you why don't you give it a try? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think what you said, like, reminded me of what um, happened this morning. Because, like, multitasking is, you know, it, your energy gets scattered, right? And so, just this morning, I, I bought a, a water, like, a big jug of water. And I had it in my hand, but I was, like, holding it like, like this, you know, I was carrying it with my hand but away from me and then on the other side I had fruits and my other hand and they were both like away from the center of my body and I was getting tired I'm like wow is this how weak I am now 
But then I, I shifted my balance and then I hugged them both because I was holding them like this, you know, like carrying them, like I said, away from the center of my body. So I hugged them like a baby, like the, the water jug and then the, the fruit. And it was like, yeah, this is how you do it. You know, you put everything, like you center, you balance yourself, you put everything in the center and that's, you can easily manage your energy, right? Rather than putting things, you know, like, your energy and your attention everywhere and then you'd be like okay where are we yeah <laughs> and you, that's such and a it's good hard point yeah that's and but do you i think for some people also tab they say like oh i meditate when i drive or i meditate when i'm cooking or when i'm dancing is is this something that you do or you recommend or like if people are doing what's your thoughts on on these practices um i can't really i can't really judge people on how they meditate to be to be totally honest for me the practice of meditation is the same as practicing presence um and so if you can be so fully present while in your car if you can turn off your radio and literally not even have to listen to anything and just be so aware of your surroundings, be aware of the road, of the trees on the side, then, then maybe that's meditation for you. For me, um, I've, I've been practicing meditation when I'm cooking because, um, you know, cooking, because of this pandemic, I've cooked so much um, <laughs> that, that it's become a chore. So I've really been practicing cooking as a form of meditation, enjoying, mm -hmm. enjoying the peeling, enjoying the cleaning and the tomatoes and the, the dirt from it, enjoying, you know, the cutting. And at the same time, you know, it's also changed in terms of the energy that I put into the food that I'm eating instead of it just being like, ah, just like put everything there and let's just cook everything so we can eat something. Um, <laughs> it's become like a meditation of love. And, and when you put that energy of love into the food that you eat, it changes the food's vibration as well. And so I don't know, maybe like my food's been tasting better. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> and you're getting more love and praise from your husband because you're feeling so much better with, with your mindfulness is what Casey said. I can relate with cooking and washing dishes and being mindful. <laughs> yeah. So like talking about, um, you know, putting love and devotion into cooking or like with everything that you do. Earlier we had a question and she asked, what is bhakti yoga like? Is this something that you practice like, or yeah, what is bhakti yoga for you? Mm, so if we were to really be, you know, um, if we were to really define what bhakti means, bhakti is devotion and, and love and devoting to, to source um, or God, right? Um, and it's also a practice of liberating yourself from suffering um, and we were just talking about liberation and freedom and how do we liberate ourselves from that so maybe I mean you some people who aren't even aware of this term are already practicing it um, and for me what is the practice of liberation from from suffering and to me that's really a practice of like non-attachment <laughs> um when it comes to my yoga practice it's really allowing my soul to express itself without expectation so whether it's creating a, a class or a practice coming from my heart coming straight from my heart as a soul expression without thinking too much of the outcome without thinking too much about, mm, I wonder how many people are going to come in today or, oh, I hope they like it <laughs> or, or anything like that. Um, and I think it's, it's really been a, a practice for me because then I want to see how that affects the people around me. I want to see how my students see it also um, when I just come from that place of, of love. Um, and I'm sure people 
are currently practicing that as well. Um, and it's also like a practice or, you know, a selfless service to your community. And so like for me, that would be um, the community yoga. You know, I do that every first Sunday of the month, making sure that for me, it's important that yoga becomes accessible to people, um, that money isn't, you know, an obstacle to it. And that people can just freely, in any way, whether it's like, if you can support in monetary and kind, whatever, even if you just share, (laughs) even if you just share the class, that's already like an energy exchange on its own. Um, So, yeah, like for me, that's community yoga. Um, Other tools that we were talking about earlier were the, for me, I practice mantra chants. I haven't been doing so because my my necklace just broke but um i don't know if i've shared this with (laughs) with with my community but the mantra chants are so so powerful um when you chant a particular mantra even something as simple yet as powerful as om and you you chant that and you allow that that vibrational frequency to flow through your body you allow that that vibration to just kind of like resonate within you and then you give yourself time to just be still be still so after after chanting just be still and then just feel for me i've experienced a lot of like inner peace and inner joy from that practice (laughs) it's so insane (laughs) um that's when i literally that's when i literally realized that you know peace and joy and love it really comes from within and you can't really you can't find peace and joy outside of you and so if you can just take the time to to realize that and to to feel what it feels like to find peace and joy within you, then that's maybe that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, mantra. Wow. Uh, what's your go-to? I won't say favorite, right? It's not like a food or a dress that you just say, this is my favorite. I mean, they're all their own. <laughs> meanings and you know mm. our relationship with um, mantras what's what's your um, go-to mantra yeah so when i chant i like chanting om because it's a it's already a universe and a, and a powerful mantra in itself it's so simple um and then another mantra that i like going to or that just comes to me every now and then is the four namada mantra um i think you shared this in one of your circles before and i was like oh she shared it um but (laughs) but it's the completeness mantra and its message is simply acknowledging that you are already complete because you come from completeness right And there is nothing else that you need to to do, to say, to prove, to feel that you are complete because we already are. I mean, if we're all if we all come from from source, from God, and we are all like a, we're all channels and vessels of God, then doesn't that make us complete? Doesn't that make us whole already? And whenever I remember that mantra, it's like I feel a surge of, of like, of power, like self-empowerment within me. And just like a reminder that there's nothing else I really need. <laughs> and remembering that we are whole, especially when we feel, you know, when we feel broken or when we feel, when we feel fragmented. Um, remembering that our wholeness comes from a whole source, a whole God. Yeah. 
yeah. As you were like explaining the mantra, it was just like you know, like singing or sounding in my head, and like it's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tab, thank you so much for sharing your time. Um, we talked a lot about you know our practices and being mindful and i know that aside from asanas you also teach meditation and you guide um, people into yoga nidra would mm. you be so kind to lead us to a meditation or any short practice before we close mm. this um, instagram live uh, you know maybe something that people can start doing you know if they're really new to this they don't know how to get into that you know, zone or, or you know like meditation yeah yeah sure um let me see yeah we can start and maybe i'll just i'll i'll let whatever comes out come out um in our meditation something that will give us a little bit of peace a little bit of light a little bit of love. So wherever you are at this moment, I invite you to just sit comfortably. If you're sitting on a chair or a couch, then really feel the, the ground underneath you. If you can take off your shoes, feel free to do that. If you're sitting cross-legged, then just sit nice and tall and start to just relax your shoulders, relax your arms. And let's take a collective deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. You can do that again in through the nose, out through the mouth. And start to find softness softness in your face, softness in your jaw, in your lips, your shoulders, your belly. And at this very moment, I invite you to just start bringing awareness to the breath. To your inhales and exhales without needing to change your breathing patterns in any way. Just practice being the awareness behind the breath. Knowing that you are not doing the breathing, the body just does it automatically. And so just be that awareness behind the breathing, noticing the subtle rising and falling of the breath, the rising of the breath as you inhale and the falling as you exhale. And at this moment, I invite you to just start to look at this dark space in front of your closed eyelids. Just observing this dark space. If you see any patterns or images or light, just watch them as they are without needing to intellectualize or overthink. Practice being the observer. No need to direct the images. Just watch them. And now as you watch this dark space. With each exhale, slowly allow yourself to let go. 
let go of thoughts that currently don't serve you. Let go of anything else that you need to do for the rest of the day, just for this moment. Let go of any identity Let go of your identification as a mom, a sister, a wife, any titles, and then just stay here, keep staying here in this beautiful, warm, infinite dark space. Allowing yourself to just float in this space, unattached, at peace, allowing yourself to stay in this space of nothingness. free of any agenda, free of anything that you need to do. Letting go and just being. Allow yourself to just be. How does it feel to just be? We can seal this short meditation by bringing our palms together in prayer in front of our heart. And reminding ourselves that this space is available to us at any time. All you need to do is give yourself the time. Let's take a deep breath in. Exhale, slowly bow towards your heart. And gently lift your head and open your eyes. Mm. Namaste, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who's here. Ah, uh, yeah. Thanks for staying with us, guys. Let me see if there are more questions or comments before we let you go. So Janelle said... Be cautious, but don't be fearful. We can be more vulnerable to becoming sick when we feed and live in fear because of the negative energy we keep inside of us. I think True. this is a comment from earlier when we talked about consuming fear. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Devinta. Um, how do you, you said you do Sunday community yoga. How do you join that? Yeah, so I do um, every first Sunday of the month, community yoga. I have all the links you need available in my profile for um, group classes, even one-on-one classes. And if you feel called to explore Yoga Nidra, it's something that I personally love as a way of healing. I have clients going through specific um, illnesses and disease who use yoga nidra as really like a support, a support um, for the mind and for for the body as well. Um, If you feel called to explore that, then just reach out to me. You know where to find me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Princess, for this this space and for allowing me to 
freely express myself here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'll see you in space. <laughs> Have a good night, Dom. You too. Bye. 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 Good night, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Bye.